Hello, welcome. We are in the front office of the Catch Fire London office because uh, we are counting the offering money and we didn't want to leave it in the front office. <laughs> sit in another room and... Really professional. Do Family our life, podcast. guys. Yeah. Family life. Which is real. We're protecting everyone's money. Uh, we're all guarding it. Um, Integrity and accountability. Yes. yes. Two I things think, you can count on. Yes. From us. I think it would be a hard conversation to have with the leadership to say we did a great podcast all it cost us was the offering because <laughs> some delivery guy just saw it while we were all talking about Ephesians <laughs> anyway um so welcome hello episode three made it this far um we've got I'm going to name everybody because then people who are named have to say something um, so we have Tanya we have Mary Ellie and Kate. Kate and I. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you won't struggle to discern my voice out of the crowd. Um, I was doing the I've got a yes. goal. <laughs> uh, we had a really awesome weekend. We had a really great weekend. Um, don't laugh at my Bible. It's, got few... not, it's amazing. It's Guys, if you ever get a chance to look at Alistair's Bible... I can't actually see words. It's like colors. It's color He's underlined and colored and highlighted and written. Like the, he he's super spiritual. You can tell because his Bible. You can't even see so the words. Scribbled on do words. all the different colors mean different it. things? Or this it's just whatever page. What amazing. I do is I always open my Bible at the same two pages because. <laughs> 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 the only bit with anything. Like wow, the rest of it's blank. It's a town of Ephesians. <laughs> The rest That's of it's why blank. You picked the yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, there it now is. We know. It comes yeah. out. <laughs> no, I, I, I had a, I had a system, and I even have a key at the beginning of my Bible somewhere, oh. uh, which is great oh, for the uh, audio know. listener. Um, but I, have, <laughs> <laughs> I have three, three. I've got the word salvation, stewardship, and intimacy written just before Genesis. And salvation is in yellow, stewardship is in red, uh, uh, green, and intimacy <laughs> is in pink. And when you go, th- when I've, I've been going through for like a year and a bit now, and highlighting anything uh, it, that to do with salvation throughout the Bible in yellow, anything to do with stewardship in green, anything to do with intimacy and the love of God in pink. And so when I'm flicking through, and it's helpful for a variety of things, but it's when I'm flicking through. I know just visually if I'm looking at a chunk and it's highlighted in yellow that there's a large chance that that's salvation-based and it just helps navigate. Um, and uh, I, I've had to I've had to sort of pull back from it a couple of times because it kind of made every bit of Bible study I did almost like uh, functional, like mm. I had to find the salvation bit or I had to mm. find the... Yeah. Um, and so I've kind of stopped and started again. But, um, but and the other interesting thing is you go through and you realise, oh, do you know what? If I'd used orange for the the holiness of God then I would have filled up another two thirds of the Bible because there's <laughs> these these themes that go through but yeah um, Ephesians is just one I think I've gone to town on but um, a good one. yeah um, so how did before we dive into that how did everyone find the weekends and those who were at the conference Danny Silk what was the what was the vibe I loved it but I, I, it's no surprise that I loved Danny Silk Danny um, never fails to, to wait Danny yeah he never disappoints. Danny never fails to disappoint. Right, that's how I myself. He's amazing. <laughs> He's one of the most engaging speakers I've ever yeah. heard. Like, mm-hmm. no matter how long his message is, in whatever setting, I'm, 
I'm engaged. I'm engaged the whole time and captivated by everything he's saying. It's really yeah. animated. Yeah. yeah, I'm very and able to make you laugh while also saying something very deep. Yeah, and good. Yeah. So yeah. I find it so encouraging that like his story of him starting to preach and like the first couple of years of him being nauseous and mm. always sick and so nervous. Gosh. But you hear him speak now, and it's just like the like the best communicator and uh-huh. it's just has no notes and everything's in his head and they're just like, wow, like, to see that, it's really encouraging to see the journey. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I really agree. Had, had, has everyone heard him before, Tanya? Had you? Yes, yeah. a couple of times and I, I do agree and what I really, really like is like he's so blunt and mm. like he's speaking truth and you're like, ah, uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> that's right, yes, truth is so confronting and he's so authentic, I really enjoy it. Like, really good. It comes, yeah. it's like okay. he cushions the bluntness yeah humor, <laughs> humor. Yeah. but, it, but it, it's what's great is that it's like it's conviction it's never I don't from everything that he says I don't ever feel like oh I feel gross about that no. yeah. like it's like whoa boom like mm-hmm. that is big resonating in my heart right now mm-hmm. that's amazing I've got some journaling to do and some praying and thinking about things and it even applies to like all ages because even when he talks about families and people with children, you can still get out like get out something of that. Mm-hmm. Even though like, I don't have any children, yeah. but I really like see something in what he's saying. Which is encouraging. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting because we we had some time as a team with him and and um, uh, we were chatting just about what their next projects were and I said I said look, are you is marriage of honour. Like the next book down the line is that coming? Is you know, you've done business honor and cultural honor and, and so on. And they were just like, No, do you know what? We think we've got it. The, the, the relationship work we've done, it works with kids, it works with co workers, it works with marriage because it works with the human, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought that was that was interesting, especially once you've, you've got like a brand or a USP, yeah. you know, you've, you've got um, something that people know you for. You could just keep milking that cow forever, you know, and sort of. Um, you know, neighbor of honor and you know, <laughs> shopper of honor, you know, um, day Best off, maid of honor. Yeah. <laughs> but I just thought, I, driver. <laughs> but I just thought that was really genuine because they were just like, we're not in it to sort of try and make a buck here. We we want people to relate to each other, and actually, the work the stuff that we put out there works in your marriage, mm-hmm. it works with your co worker, it works with your family, it works with your kids. So, I just thought, mm-hmm. I, I just really like that. Um, that was really cool. The, his Culture of Honor is one of the books that I found most helpful that I feel like set me up for healthy expectations and healthy outlooks on what it should look like when I got married. And I read it briefly, briefly <laughs> shortly before <laughs> I got married. And it was so helpful. It was really amazing. And it revolutionized all of my relationships. So, yeah, makes sense. Come on. Mm-hmm. Well, um, we're going to sort of try and pick up, I think, a little bit with, um, if you listen to Danny's Sunday evening preach, he he did an amazing message about dreaming with God, but it had a real father heart. Um, it was like the father heart message was weaved into it without it being directly referred to. It still felt like a really strong father heart message. So, um, yeah. so definitely listen to that. Check out on the, on on this week's podcast. But um, we're going to carry on looking at Ephesians. Um, would anyone, can I, Ellie? Could you read it? Yeah, um, of from we'll go from <clears throat> three up to uh, the end of six, please. Great. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ 
who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Come on, thank you. Um, so Kate and I last week spoke about um, verse 3, having every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Um, are you really doing a selfie while we're talking? <laughs> I'm doing it for the um, Instagram if you want it. Oh, yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> Do it for the gram. Call me out, Do it for the gram. So as we were saying, we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies, and Kate and I were talking about that. Um, so there's two there's two chunks to this, um, to verses four and five. Um, as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption of sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purposes of his will of his glorious grace so there's a kind of there's a, a predestined chosen chunk to this and there's a adopted as sons chunk to this and i know the predestined bit is one that tom would very much like to speak into so um we we have sort of five ten minutes so i don't want to dive in too much but i did get a little leg up before this conversation because i've just come from picking up john arnott from the airport and taking him to uh, his daughter's in, uh, in where she lives in Oxford. Um, or no, you don't need to know that. Um, <laughs> she, lives at, she lives at 123 Fake Street. <laughs> she really does it. Anyway, I picked up and I said, look, we're going we're gonna to be talking about Ephesians later. We're doing our podcast recording. Um, where are you with predestination? Like, where, where are you? And he's like, well, you've got the two... You've got two extremes. You've got free will and you've got predestined. And the two, uh, you could camp in each one of them, but you're going to be deficient if you just solely camp in one or the other. Um, and he just said this beautiful phrase that I, I, I scribbled down after I dropped him off at the service station. He, he just said, you choose to be a Christian and then you walk through a door that says called and then you turn around and look on the other side of the door. It says chosen. And I just thought that was really, it's like you choose to be a Christian, you make the choice and you walk through a door, door that says you're called and then you turn around and you see on the other side of the door it says chosen. And I just thought that, that was a really beautiful, like, it's my choice to make, to go through the door. I'm called to be a Christian, it's my choice. But then kind of once I find myself in the kingdom, I found, find that I was chosen all along. And I think it, what John was sort of saying was like, it's just a beautiful mis- mystery that you could have things prophesied in the Old Testament that didn't happen to the New or didn't happen till now. But you still have the free will to make that choice. Um, I'm not an expert. Uh, I haven't studied deep on predestination, so I'm not going to put much more than an ankle in the water. But I thought that was a powerful thing. I don't know if anyone else has got any thoughts on that. It's a, it can be deep. It's a deep topic. That's a really cool picture. Um I kind of want to internally process that a bit yeah. more, which is strange for me because I'm usually an external processor. But um, I don't know. For for me, it's always been pretty pretty simple. Of like, I just love that He's chosen us to be His, whether that's a select few or everyone, given the option to choose Him back. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, 
whatever camp you sit in, he's chosen us all mm. or some, depending on what you believe. Mm. But like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's the whole, he loved us first and so we love him back. Like, mm. or we love each other. And it's just, he always sets the example. He always goes, goes before, does the, I don't know, like, it's kind of like taking one for the team. Like, okay, I'll go first. Like, but he's all, all the time. Like, mm. I'll go first. I'll show you how it's supposed to be done. Or I'll do this. And I'll, I know it looks scary, but like, it's just amazing to me that he, not surprising, obviously, but. It is amazing. He's just, yeah. And uh, to use the language of like, he chose to love us first. Um, is it love without choice on our part? Like, is loving anybody um, can it be called love if you didn't choose to do it? Um, and I think this is where, for me, I, I sort of find myself leaning much like leaning into the free will, free choice camp because I'm like, I, for it to be genuine, integrous love, I have to choose to do it. Um, it it's not just like a, in, uh, like I've been possessed of something that makes it makes me incapable of doing anything other than love someone, um, and so. Um, you know, he chose to love us first, and when we love him back out of our own free choice, um, we were able to inhabit in that relationship with him. You know, and, and, and until we do, we're forever holding him at a distance. And yeah, I mean, it, it fries my mind if I think too hard about it. But um, maybe Tom can shed some light on it. I, I know Tom would say of of verse four that um, at least this specific verse, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless. I think that Tom's, Tom would speak into that and say, well, look, we were, we were predestined to be holy, to be blameless, rather than some were predestined to be saved and other words, rather were predestined to you know, go to hell. It's, uh, hey, those, those have been chosen, have been chosen to be holy and blameless, and that's, that's um, I'm chosen for that, you know, that, for that purpose. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but maybe he can dig into that a little bit more. Um, we're, all, we're all afraid. I don't want to be the guy who says the wrong thing about predestination. Yeah. Uh, He's, well, Tom's done such extensive mm-hmm. research and study and just personal reflection and prayer over what he will use. What is it? Soteriology? Mm. He listened to that podcast too, which he said was brutal. It was like, not brutal, but like, he said you really have to listen yeah. hard. Yeah. Like you can't just put it on and be like, oh, yeah, that's a nice sentence. It's like every sentence, you're like, I really have to think about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited to hear what he has to say yeah. about this later. So um, how about the sons, the in love he predestined us as sons through Jesus Christ? I mean, it, I, I'm the only guy here, so... I mean, I know we say We're in church, we use, we use the sonship <laughs> language to... Um, to uh, say it's, it's genderless, um, but I think one thing that we use a lot when we're talking about sons is that we, um, I know for me, I talk about it as reactions, responses, identity, um, image, security, stuff like that. So I, I want to react like a son. I want to respond like a son. I want to have a heart attitude as a son. Um, but I know Danny last night was talking loads about dreams and about you have a, you respond with a dream. Um, and sons' dreams, sons choose to go after the dreams in their heart, the dreams that God has put there. So, kind of what we're maybe 
bouncing off Danny's preach, what, what were people thinking in that realm of dreaming and, um, you know, sons get to go to a limitless God expectantly? For me, it was really good, and it was really challenging because, like, it reminded me that when I was a little girl, like, he, he made a really good point. Like, you have to talk children out of being superheroes. Like, yeah. they, we were wired, like, for, for more, like, for the supernatural. Like, we were wired that way, and yet... In church, especially, like, you get trained, like, you know, you, you need to be proper. You need to talk like this. You need to be like that. Like, And there's, like, this whole set of ex- expectations, not necessarily from outside, but inside. And you kind of, like, start auto-regulating yourself. Like, no, that's too big. Oh, no, am I mm-hmm. being too greedy? Oh, no, am I being too nice? No, can I, can I really go there? I should be praying for the hunger in the world to end instead of like, hey, I want to go to Egypt and ride a camel. Like, and, yeah. and to me, I was like, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's valid. Like, God, God celebrates dreams and it's not yeah. something shameful like, to, to dare to dream. So for me, it was really, really good to be reminded of that. Yeah. How about um, like Ellie and Mary? Because I know you guys create, you, you both have creativity that expresses in different <clears throat> ways that it's kind of to do what's in your heart. You kind of have to dream, whether it's, you know, so, I mean, you both have an evangelism thing, you both have an outreach thing, but it, it's expressed itself in very different ways. But you can't really, I don't think you can access what you have in your heart without some element of the dreamer in you. And if that's shut down, then. I would have thought there's quite a lot in you that is not being expressed. So kind of, how do you... I think sometimes I find it, I get stuck in the dream, almost. And it's like a cycle of like, okay, it's all like ethereal. There's so many dreams and like, it's big vision. And I'm like, oh, I actually haven't thought about the practical side of it. And then I just go around and I just stay in that sense of the dream. I don't actually like, action it. Because mm. I'm so much like thinking of like, creatively of what I want to do. But then I'm like, oh, what have I actually done? And like, a month's passed and you're like, Oh, I had this. I still have this dream, but I have another dream, and I can move on very quickly mm. when I don't actually like activate them. Is there some way that, like, because I, I, there's something I recognise for myself there that we almost live off the excitement of a dream, yeah. even if it doesn't get fulfilled. Mm. We sort of it becomes something we can be preoccupied with for yeah. a while that we can dream about, get a bit excited about in our minds, and maybe we get in some sort of loop that if the dream doesn't get realized we then replace it with just a new one that mm-hmm. we get excited about you know I, I don't know if that I'm yeah. just thinking oh that sounds familiar that yeah. the dream didn't happen but it's okay because I've come up with a new dream that mm-hmm. will last me mm-hmm. a month and a half yeah. worth of daydreaming yeah I think what Danny said about the writing your dreams down and actually how your brain doesn't have capacity to remember more than I think he said 10 dreams I found that really helpful because mm-hmm. actually because I'm such a dreamer and I think of stuff all the time I get really overexcited about things but then actually <laughs> further down the line I've moved on to something else because Mm. I have so many dreams in my head so actually it's a really good point to actually sit and reflect and remember the stuff that you've it's like celebrating testimonies like when you look back in your life and you're like so much is like God has done so much so it's like those little dreams like no matter how small Mm. they are writing them down and celebrating that like we celebrate testimonies all the time because that's what encourages us a lot of the time our breakthrough is in a testimony like someone else's testimony I'm claiming that for myself for my miracle so like sharing a dream as a testament like this dream is fulfilled yeah and like publicly or with friends kind of sharing that as well really encourages and and we like we do testimonies in the office on a on a wednesday and i i i don't know what's going on in your head but usually the moment someone said right testimonies i'm thinking 
Christian testimonies. Like, who got healed? Who got saved? Who did I say a thing to when they met Jesus? And then after a few minutes, I'm then thinking, oh, like, what, what actually was a testimony that was to do with me, something I asked God for that, um, you know, that isn't going to sound as great as the person who was led to Jesus on the bus, but, hey, I got a parking space when I really needed one. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, testimony. <laughs> yeah. um, and the thing that, I mean, the thing that Danny said that nailed me a little bit was, nailed me a little bit, nailed me, was <laughs> God has got answers to dreams that I asked him for and that I forgot about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he's saying here's a kiss from a good God for something that I know is on your heart and you've forgotten that you even asked for it or you just moved on. And like his thing about have a hundred dreams written down on a piece of paper um, so that you can go back to, that you can refer to. Um, like that's hard. Like I I filled up one page of a little mini journal with some <laughs> prayer requests and I'm like already at like the biggest thing I can imagine by about halfway through the page. hundred dreams, that's hard, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I know um, I was reading a book um, the other day and it was um, by a guy called Jay, Jay Stringer, a psychologist, and he said, um, burying, burying your desires builds up storehouses of entitlement, Ooh. which is like, ouch, like you bury, you bury down things that you want, you know, as the, the, the scripture um, Danny was using last night about hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream realized is a tree of life the heart sickness thing comes when we don't pursue a dream. Um, But equally, when we don't pursue a dream, we, there is some, the desire to have that dream, like Mary was saying that it has to go somewhere. So I know for me, it can go to an entitlement that like, Oh, I didn't get to have my dreams. I deserve to have my dreams. I'm going to be annoyed about something. I'm going to be angry internally. And then I'm going to go do something stupid with that anger, probably behind the scenes. So nobody, you know, it doesn't ruin my, you know, people's view of me. Um, but I think that's actually, that was kind of a bit of a wake-up call as well. Like, if I don't do something with my dreams, then there could be some, like, not nice stuff going on inside me about that dream not happening or not getting, you know, um, realised. So I think the whole sonship thing, you know, is is, is massive. Um, so um, I guess question would be sort of we to, to finish up on is, um, like, where do we feel... How do we feel that we have a spirit of sonship to a degree that awakens the dreamer in us so that sonship isn't just, I respond right, I don't act out, I, you know, think the best of all people at all times. How much do you feel like the sonship journey has taken you so that you can dream big and dream ridiculous and, you know, have the perception that I've got a God who can do anything and therefore I can bring in my anything? too deeper open-ended yeah, question massively linked because it is knowing that you're adopted and knowing that you're a son gives you like the permission and he's like the only person you could literally ask for anything and, like no matter how silly or stupid or small or whatever you're like oh can i just have this mm. and like you don't get that without relationship and without that like father-son relationship mm. so i feel like we dream because yeah, he wants us to dream and he's proud of us and he's like encouraging us. So I think they're hugely linked. Yeah. yeah. It's good. So much more we could say, but we need to pray. Tanya, can you pray for us? Yes, Everyone I can listening. pray for us. <laughs> Papa, thank you so much. Thank you for, for just the Bible. Thank you for your word, for the wisdom that you put in there and just like how amazing it is just to sit down and talk about 
revelation after revelation and to see your heart in everything that you do and in everything that you've written. So I just want to bless everyone that's here and everyone that's listening for our dreams and for a revelation of your heart on how you want us to dream. God, thank you so much that you are the God of the impossible and you are the God that gives dreams and you are the God that gets glory when dreams are fulfilled mm. and that you want happy children. So we just open our hearts to receive your happiness and to receive that revelation of the dreamer, that you are the, the ultimate dreamer, God, and the ultimate creator, and that we are made in your image. So we just pray for that revelation in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.